Hi, everyone. This is Alternative, and I am Tatiana Saunders, your host. Happy Saturday, um, even though every day feels like a mix of all the days and feels like no days at all, proving again that time is an illusion. But um, yeah, welcome to another day in the matrix that we are living in. Today, I'm going to be talking about weight fluctuation. And this is something that I would say probably everyone, most people go through is fluctuating weight and feeling different ways about yourself based on that weight and the praise and shame you get for weight loss and weight gain. And I just want to talk about how to embody confidence and authenticity and how to feel empowered in the body that you are in and to be grateful for the body you're in and I guess to break the mold of uh, desperately attempting and trying to meet the ideal beauty standard that has um, that's constantly shown to us by the media and yeah, so it's uh, I wanted to talk about how to love yourself um, at every single weight and the fact that you can be healthy at any size and we need to stop assuming that people aren't healthy because they carry more weight. It's, it's a really inaccurate assumption um, and it just contains a lot of guilt and shame which is extremely harmful. So when when I look at this, I want to take the perspective that is the most empowering. And I think sometimes people uh, frame like the health and fitness industry to be empowering because um, it's an individual responsibility and it takes self-discipline and those who work really hard are going to get the results they want and um, these different things that are ingrained to us and ingrained in that industry. And I've, I've realized that that's actually not the most empowering perspective and that there it's way more complex than that. And that perspective actually contains Uh, Guilt and shame, which are the emotions that we store the most in our body, Um, whether that whether that manifests to like weight gain or chronic pain or inflammation or this and that, guilt and shame are so deeply embedded in our bodies when we don't process these emotions and release them. And I believe that that perspective basically pushes people to feel shameful about themselves and attach their worth to a certain weight and put conditions upon uh, how and when they can love themselves. And But I, but I want to be honest with you. Um, I originally was going to call this podcast when I, when I wanted to talk about weight, weight loss and weight gain and health and stuff. Uh, originally, I was going to call this podcast Love It to Lose It. 
And that's something I jotted down in my notes um, quite a few months ago. And I was going to talk to y'all about how I gained 60 pounds. Recently, I've lost 20 pounds and how I accomplished that through loving myself. I, I don't know. Um, and basically I've, I've taken a step back and realized that's, that's not what I want to talk to you about. I mean, there are some things, um, that I still want to talk about, but my perspective has changed as I've realized that you shouldn't love yourself with conditions and you shouldn't, there shouldn't be a goal attached to your affirmations and you you have to love yourself simply to love yourself, not I'm going to love myself so that I can lose weight. I don't think that's actually healthy. So that's why I've changed my mind here. And uh, part of what gave me this inspiration to change my mind and take a step back here is an episode I listened to of a podcast called The Radical Therapist, episode 48, Anti-Fat Bias and Weight Stigma in Psychotherapy with Hilary Kenevy and Carmen Cool. So, um, yeah, that podcast opened my eyes a lot to essentially the fact that we view health to be a moral issue and that we uh, shame people and make them feel like something is like fundamentally wrong, like it's a character flaw if they're not prioritizing their health. And so something I wanted to talk about there is pretty much how ridiculous that is because uh, being healthy, if, if one chooses to be healthy, which by the way, you can't tell if someone's healthy by how their body looks. So first things first, but, um, being healthy, if that's what you would like to do is a luxury. It's not easily accessible, especially when there is such severe inequality and the kind of, grocery stores varies based on community. Like if you live by a Whole Foods and a Sprouts, you should be very grateful and you can afford food like that, Um, which is different than, you know, Safeway and Walmart, which is different than communities that don't even have grocery stores um, close at all, but like gas stations and fast food. This is done very strategically and systematically and not only, you know, I I have heard uh, people who are very in- individualistic and I think they're trying to be empowering, but I don't think the their goal is actually uh, being met. We'll say, well, no, eating healthy can be cheaper than whatever processed food. And I get that that might be. Uh, possible, but there's also a certain kind of awareness and knowledge around that that needs to happen first that not everyone has access to. And additionally, not only does healthy food cost more, like obviously organic food costs more, um, but it also costs more in time and in cooking. And time is also a luxury that not everyone has. There are single working mothers and fathers and a bajillion different situations where people do not have time to cook and prepare their food for hours and hours a day. And so there is a reason that people get fast food and or get processed microwave food or whatever, because time is a luxury that not everyone has. So 
if you're here saying anyone can be healthy, blah, 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 I need you to take it back a little bit and open your eyes, expand your perspective, and think about the things in your life that allow you to be healthy, whether that be financial resources or the luxury of time. Um, let's just think about that. And I'm not, I mean, if you like think about celebrities who can be super healthy, they have like live-in chefs who prepare like vegan this or that, I don't know, meals for them. Um, yeah, not many of us have that, but even me, um, I, I have made a lifestyle change, uh, in terms of what I eat and, it is expensive. It really is. Basically, I only eat uh, meat and produce as well as like coconut milk and um, yeah, like a few other things. But pretty much I've cut out uh, sugar, grains, all grains, um, dairy. Um, and then for the most part, I really limit my caffeine and alcohol. But when I tell you about that, I call this a lifestyle change. And the reason I did that is because I'm, I have uh, several food allergies and I also have a hormonal imbalance. And so this was a lifestyle change that was recommended to me by a naturopath in order to help my hormonal imbalance and get my body to produce uh, regular levels of hormones naturally rather than treating it with synthetic hormones. And so that's why I've taken on this lifestyle change, but I call it a lifestyle change, not a diet because diet culture is uh, really kind of toxic and disempowering. And additionally, when I don't follow my, um, I guess, like meal plan, uh, 100%, like say sometimes I just really need chocolate before I get my period, um, then I call that an indulgence, not cheating because no one, like what does that do to our psyche when we say I'm cheating? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I do because it's like what everyone says. Everyone says I'm cheating when you or your cheat day or whatever. And so sometimes I say that, but I think it's really important to be conscious of our language around things. Like language is so important. I don't want to feel like a cheater. I'm not a cheater and I don't think anyone should feel like a cheater. So that is why I've replaced the word with indulgence, just so you know. Um, and I do indulge sometimes, but pretty much this uh, lifestyle changes has helped me to feel um, less tired and more clear. And it's helped with uh, a variety of health issues because basically what was going on with my health was not just that I gained weight. It was that my um, allergies got worse. I increasingly had allergies and low blood sugar and chronic fatigue and chronic pain. And my eczema got worse and all these other things going on. But you know what everyone focused on with my health issues, and me included, is the weight gain. And uh, people in my life pretty much, because that was the only physical thing they could see, I guess, other than like my eczema, um, made me feel really bad bad for it. And I, I look at pictures of myself, um, where, and I can feel how I felt when those pictures were being taken and all the shame and guilt and, um, embarrassment and disappointment. And, um, it, it makes me really, really sad for her. Um, not because 
she weighed a little bit more than I weigh now, but because of how I felt about that weight. But I I do need to backtrack a little bit. Oh, (laughs) so I was talking about... Yeah, anyway, I was just talking about how um, basically the the food I eat, though, it is expensive because I get food with, um, I get food, basically sugar is added to so many things. And so, like, I have to get sugar, make sure there's no sugar in the meat that I have, no sugar in if I'm having any kind of, like, dressing or whatever it is, I have to check that there's no soy, corn, sugar, dairy, etc. And so it is hard to find products like that. And it is really expensive. They're overpriced. And so, yeah, um, I, my point being there was just that health is not um, easily accessible. Neither is uh, great health care. And I could also just get into the fact that like the health care we have is uh, – pretty much we only focus on the physical body and not mental health and not spiritual health. And uh, that's another huge reason why I don't think Americans are so healthy and we're the only developed country with our lifespan decreasing. So, but you know, I'll probably get into that later because that is kind of essentially the whole point of my podcast is to discuss why we need to integrate um, mental, physical, and spiritual health into one and treat people as individuals and as a whole person. Um, so that's that's another tangent. I am like kind of all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so I, I am going to get back into a little bit of my personal stuff. And um, yeah, it, it hurts me to look at... Um, yeah, it hurts me to look at the the way I was feeling and the way people treated me when I gained weight um, was really difficult, whether it was uh, blatantly said, which it was, um, or if it was the looks that I got. Um and obviously, I put I heighten certain things in my own head because it's me, and so I'm going to perceive things in a really sensitive manner because I am personally was insecure about it. So, but I just uh, felt like people really close to me looked at me in a kind of negative light, and I felt really, really guilty as well as really, really frustrated with being unable to lose the weight, and I knew that something was wrong with my health and that I did choose and want to prioritize my health and also had like certain privileges to be able to do that and so I was trying different diets and this and that and nothing was a uh, working whatever working means and um be- you know, as far as my health issues go, like I said, I had a hormonal balance. I have a hormonal balance and um I can get into that more later, but um there were legitimate things going on that were making it hard for me to get through my everyday life, but all people saw and could focus on was my weight. And, uh, I think this happens to so many people when we gain weight, it's, um, (sighs) there's so much shame around it. But when we lose weight, it's like, oh my gosh, you lost weight. Like when I lost weight, um, I guess in high school, but like I didn't even mean to, but I guess I was losing weight. I didn't know until everyone was telling me, oh my gosh, you're losing weight. You look so good. And I was like, oh, great. 
I feel so much better about myself because I'm getting all this praise and, um, yeah, like now I'm totally worthy. I believe that. And yeah. And then of course, after that I gained weight. So, and, uh, had the opposite kind of reaction from others and myself. And like I have fluctuated in weight and I will continue to fluctuate in weight. And what is important to me is that I love my body and that others can love their bodies too without conditions. And so if you do choose to work out, I um, when I work out at the gym, I make it a priority to, uh, when I'm doing cardio or whatever, instead of saying like, horrible things to myself of you need to lose weight and blah, blah, blah about myself. Um, I'm, I, I actually tell myself you're powerful. You are strong. I listen to empowering music. Um, and my goals at when I do work out or do yoga or do whatever activity are not to lose weight and be thinner and adjust and modify my body in this or that way. But my goals are uh, focused on like building endurance for when I run and uh, increasing my flexibility and getting stronger. And I like to focus on these things rather than losing weight. And that's why um, – I only really know that I lost a little bit of weight since I've been doing my uh, lifestyle change for a few months because people basically told me. And so then I uh, weighed myself and I was like, oh, I did lose some weight. Anyway, I'm not weighing myself again. Um, I am just so done with this scale. And I think a lot of people are. And scales are just not accurate interpretations of uh, of health at all. Like how you feel is. And again, I want to be clear that you don't have a moral obligation to prioritize your health at all. So I I don't want to come off like I expect people to prioritize these things. And um, like some people just have literally no time uh, to prioritize health. Again, like I have the privilege to be like, I want to invest my time and money into this. And that is a a privilege. Um, But as I do that, I want to be really, really careful about the messages I'm telling myself and um, and that I I stop um, basically only feeling worthy when I weigh less. And it is really heartbreaking to me how many people – dislike themselves because they haven't met the criteria for like hot girl or whatever of like big boobs, small waist, big um, hips, but not too big. Like it's always like not too big, not too small, just right, like Goldilocks. And there are also these expectations with um, men and their bodies as well in terms of they're expected to be very like ripped um, and not skinny or carry extra weight either. And so this, this kind of goes, well, it does, it goes, uh, it goes for both gender identities and, um, that's how industries are profiting. That's how the diet industry is profiting. 
um, plastic surgery, makeup, fashion, everything is just profiting and we need to stop um, feeding into this. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it's your fault if you do, if, if you've been internalizing these ideas because they've been fed to you and they're ingrained in you and we are conditioned this way. So it's really, really hard to get out of this. Um, it's a, it's time consuming. It's exhausting. Um, it's taxing to work against this, but even with all of the work and effort it is to go against these norms and to love yourself in whatever body you have and throughout every phase of life, no matter how your weight fluctuates and how your body changes, I think it's so it, I think it's so worth it um, to put that work in. So, um, yes, uh, sometimes I like really just try to switch my um, like automatic responses to myself. So if I'm looking in the mirror and my first thought is like, oh, my tummy pudge, my little my little tummy pudge. I've always had tummy pudge. Um, like, oh, like, what can I do about that? How can I hide that? Um, I, I, I correct myself. I'm like, snap out of it. Snap out of it. You look good. You look so good right now, Tatiana. I, I know I'm telling you this. It sounds super weird. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, no, uh-uh, we are not. We are not going down this path. We are not going to discuss how to cover, change, hide. Mm-mm. This is your body, therefore you love it and you look awesome. You are sexy now. Get back out there and own it. Um. So yes, I do this to me to myself sometimes. Um. And I, you know, it helps sometimes. I just shift gears and I also have affirmations um that are have positive things about myself and my body and again there's language like we can reframe things to be um like more empowering and figure out words that sound good for us so like I say that I have like soft feminine energy and like my body is soft and um that's something I am working on loving and I, I do love. I'm not going to say I love 100% of the time, but we teach we teach best what we most need to learn. And, um, you know, I also follow accounts that I feel are very empowering because they um, post pictures from angles that may not be the most flattering by our standards and, um, just have a variety of different body types that I follow and, and people who love that and share that. And don't get me wrong. I think probably any like body positive advocate has their days of struggle and moments of struggle still, but the fact they are persevering and working through that. And I know get like negative and nasty comments all the time and they just keep going anyway. <sighs> that is amazing. And that is exactly what I want to expose myself to. And I, I think on your social media or whatever, you should follow the accounts that um, actually make you feel good about yourself and not like comparing yourself in a, a way that makes you feel unworthy. So I'm very thankful for those accounts that I follow. And 
um, those people that I've seen like that. But um, I, it's hard because there's so many different directions I can go with this. But I think that the point I want to get across is that our bodies fluctuate and there's nothing wrong with that. Like our weight fluctuates um, and everything else is going to change about us too as we grow older and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, like from a evolutionary psychology perspective, um, there's this big uh, push for women to look like youthful and fertile, um, which is fine, but... I think that we should be working on um, being authentic and looking beautifully authentic and authentically beautiful. And I think that goes through um, that that can happen at any age and any weight. Um, my role models are people who age and embrace it, like embrace the gray and the wrinkles. I'm not saying that's easy to do, but that's what I aspire for. And the women who love their bodies and um, men who love their bodies and gender nonconforming that conforming that love their bodies. Um, that's what I want to expose myself to and I hope others expose themselves to um, because that's going to be how we thrive and how we like move through life in a way that has way more ease and way less resistance because there's so much resistance when we're trying to desperately lose weight or desperately look younger. We're like resisting what's happening and who we are and it creates all this internal conflict and pain and suffering for ourselves um, when we go against like what's natural and authentic and beautiful for us. So, um, you know, I don't even know if I got to like all the things I wanted to get to. I feel like I was a little all over the place and, um, here I am now being self-critical about myself. So, <laughs> you know, that is life. Um, yeah, I'll probably have more to say about this later. But I hope everyone has a beautiful day and um, goodbye.